on this week's episode, the debut episode of the reimagined, revamped, renewed episode of last week, this week, the war between AEW and NXT finally begins. Which brand takes the top spot for the week? Which brand did Mr. YLP himself choose as this week's winner? You're going to find out in just a few moments. With the revamped version of last week, this week we'll be focusing on, of course, the top three main focal points from each episode of AEW Dynamite and NXT. Discuss them a little bit more in depth, a little bit more at length. Give me more time to focus on the top storylines. Of course, we'll be focusing as well as we preview this week's upcoming episodes of AEW Beach Break and NXT. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the YLP era, and we've only just begun. This is episode one of last week, this week. Let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let us begin. What's up, guys? This is Mance Chapel, the Monday Night Delight. You're listening to the Young Lions Perspective only on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Podcast here. Welcome to the debut episode. Reimagined, revamped, renewed. Last week, this week, where I talk about, of course, the battle between AEW and NXT. And as you can hear in the background, you may know exactly whose theme song this is. If you don't get it, AEW according to Mr. YLP himself, has won the week. AEW won NXT 0. Will I keep score? I may not, but Mr. YLP himself will. And he will remind me every single chance that he gets. But, of course, just so you know, you're listening to this podcast, of course, on AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com. Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. Anchor.fm slash WrestleAct Radio. Apple Podcast. Google Podcast. Amazon Music. Audible. Spotify. And everywhere else you can listen to the YLP Podcast. Woo! Feels good to get back in the swing of things. 
And just so you know, if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, or comments about today's episode, if you feel NXT won the week instead of AEW, if you agree with Mr. YLP himself that AEW won last week, let me know. Hit me up with an email over on YoungLionsPerspective at gmail.com, over on Twitter at YLPerspective, Instagram, you can find me there at young underscore lions underscore perspective and over on facebook at young lions perspective all one word or simply search for young lions perspective podcast that was probably the best intro i've ever done in my life but yes of course you're hearing the theme song of none other than lance archer which signals aew according to mr wild himself has won the week which means AEW Dynamite will get the honor of being discussed first. NXT will go second. And then we will preview both AEW Breach Break and what will be going down on NXT this coming Wednesday. That's the format we're running with, and that's how we're going to keep it. Of course, uh, of course, I work with Mr. Wild himself, so that's the format he is running with, and I am just here to uh, make sure I collect my paycheck and don't get docked pay. Um, <laughs> hope you guys had a great weekend. Over here in the Northeast right now, in Jersey, we are getting some snow action going on. And uh, something my dog absolutely loves. It's a wonderful snow day going on right now. I hope you guys enjoyed the Royal Rumble from last night. And, of course, my live tweeting over on my Twitter at at YL Perspective. My apologies. And I hope you enjoyed the wonderful thoughts of live tweeting over on WrestleAddict Radio's Twitter page as well. But yes, AEW has won the week. And I will say, though, both shows came out swinging this week. They really, really came to play. And what a week of professional wrestling that we got across both shows, which means, of course, that, of course, you know, Wednesday will always forever be the best night of wrestling during the week. Sorry. Raw, sorry, SmackDown, but Wednesdays has got it in the bag, and it's your job to make sure you can easily catch up. But without further ado, let's talk about what went down on AEW Dynamite. And like I said, the focal point, focal points from here on out will simply be what would be, in a sense, you know, the top three main storylines, or at least focal points of the week. It doesn't have to be storylines per se, but just something I believe you guys should easily keep your eyes on. Something you need to focus on as we head into the coming weeks and months ahead. Let us begin, though, talking about the inner circle. As it is a very big storyline going on. And for some reason, everybody may be fooled. But one person in this inner circle is not. And I swear on everything that I know and love, if we do not get MJF versus Sammy Guevara at AEW Revolution on March 7th, which is the date that they have going on right now, according to Cody Rhodes, that's current uh, with the promo that he cut on Shaq and Jay Cargill, then AEW will miss out on a huge opportunity for the inner circle storyline to begin a huge next chapter for the stable. Listen. Sammy Guevara has not been fooled, according to him, with MJF. Going into the tag match between MJF and Chris Jericho, before the match started, 
you know, of course, Jericho reveling in the fans singing Judas, which I think, and I was thinking in my head, man, once we get back to live crowds, I think Jericho might cry. Jericho might cry. I might cry. You might cry. My dog maybe might be doing some dancing. I don't fucking know. But what a moment it always is to see that. But before the match even started, MJF wanted to speak with Sammy Guevara after the matchup. Wanted to hash out some things and a little bit of a tiff between the two before the match started. But then he grabs the microphone and says, is that Griff Garrison? Look at Goldilocks here. Last time we met, I embarrassed you on live television. Let's just skip ahead to where you lose, okay? You know, last time you said I was, you know, you admitted I was undefeated and still am. But let's just, you know, skip all this and just say you quit, okay? Griff Garrison wasn't having in any of that. And uh, nice little one-shot-to-the-face region for Garrison. This is a nice little matchup that they had um, here between the two teams. And I love seeing, like I said, many weeks ago, I am uh, keeping an eye on the Varsity Blondes uh, in 2021. As I said, uh, with Top Flight. And who's the, I'm trying to think of the other team. Uh, I believe Private Party, I said, was the other team. Who was the other? I don't know. Varsity Blondes, Top Flight. And there was another tag team that I can't seem to remember who I'm going to be keeping my eye on in 2021. I digress, though. Of course, Y2MJF get the victory after a Judas effect from the top with uh, Brian Pillman Jr. coming from the uh, springboard right into the Judas effect. Hits the lion salt on the outside. I believe it was Santana who took out Griff to... Uh, Ensure that Griff cannot interfere in the count. But this is actually a fun matchup. And I love the fact that the Varsity Blondes didn't look like jobbers in this matchup. They really stayed in the fight. But with a team like MJF and Chris Jericho, you had an idea that those two were going to win this matchup on Wednesday. That's not to say, you know, Garrison and Pillman Jr. didn't get their shots in because they got plenty of action. And that's what I love about AEW's tag team division. It never seems like, you know... It's just, you know, you see MJ, Evan, Chris Jericho, and they just defeat Garrison and Pillman Jr. in like three, four minutes. No, they gave them a good amount of time to actually get a lot of stuff in here. Um, the double spear by Griff Garrison towards the end of the matchup. Um, Brian Pillman hitting a thrust kick. They almost got a victory a couple times in this matchup. This was a this was one of those fun things where, you know, I enjoy. I like, the, I like this team. I like Varsity Blondes. I'm a huge fan of them. I really want to see them, you know, come alive in this. And uh, it's going to be very fun to see them, you know, develop over the coming weeks and months ahead. But let's get back to talking about MJF and Sammy Guevara. After the matchup later on in the episode, MJF was lurking for uh, Mr. Sammy Guevara and found him by the bar, hanging out, chilling, having a little, a little drinky drink. He goes up to Sammy and lets him, let him know. He won't leave. I just want a moment of your time. Okay. I just want a moment. I did not tell Wardlow to get involved in last week's triple threat tag, okay? Wardlow is literally the worst employee I've ever had. I docked his pay. He didn't get paid this week. I promise you, it'll never happen again. Sammy Guevara comes back and says, are you done? You done? What are you talking about? You think I'm stupid? I see what's going on. You may have everyone else fooled. Congratulations, though, on being a great manipulator. One of the best, really. Round of applause. Hats off to you. 
but I see what you're up to. Is that so? Yes, it is. You really want to play it this way? Sammy stares deep into the MJF's soul. I'm not playing. Now, as you know, Sammy Guevara, many moons ago, had stated with the whole MJF Wardlow duo coming into the fold of the inner circle. If he sees any shenanigans, if he sees any nonsense happening at all, he will leave the inner circle for good. To which Jericho gave the blessing. This has to be on the Revolution card. 100%. This needs to be on the Revolution card. This is the type of matchup that really can help both men. This is not a hindrance on both men. This is just solid character development across the board for both men. Especially for someone like Sammy Guevara, who's been with the group since the beginning. Handpicked by Jericho himself. Now, I stated months ago, of course, by the wonderful Mr. Fretz, asking me, do I believe MJF is going to take over as leader of the inner circle? And my theory still holds true. He is not. He is looking to implode the inner circle. And Sammy has caught wind. Sammy knows what's going on. And I do as well. Sammy realizes what MJF is up to. And what he's trying to do is trying to convince the inner circle that this is what's going on. Hi. Up. Good girl. Of course, I am joined by my unofficial co-host of the show, Miss Marley, as she lays comfortably on her love seat. I mean, my mom bought it, but it's Marley's, and she knows it, and she claims it. But we continue on. Sammy Guevara knows that MJF is trying to screw over the inner circle. Where as far as the leader goes, I don't think so. Like I said, I believe he is trying to implode the inner circle. You've seen the evidence in front of you. It looks as if MJF and Chris Jericho are solid. But as far as it goes, they still have that little bit of hatred towards each other. So it's still underlying tension between the two. Sammy just sees right through it. Sammy believes that, yeah, MJF's not here for the right reasons. But AEW would be foolish to not want to book this matchup. But I think this is the way that we're going. As far as possible stipulations and something along those lines, if Sammy Guevara loses, he will leave, he leaves the inner circle. Who knows what will come about uh, over the next month or so. But I can see this being a marquee matchup on the card, high on the card, major implications in terms of the inner circle and something along those lines really being taken care of. This is something to... This is the one storyline I would easily say keep an eye on if you haven't. Because this is going to be one of those storylines where, you know, Sammy Guevara may be able to venture out on his own. I see... I can see that happening. The possibility of him being shunned from the inner circle if that's the case. That remains to be seen, of course. But don't get it twisted. I can still see all of that happening. And something between MJF and Sammy Guevara has to happen no matter what. 
It would be they would be Tony Khan and the boys, whoever's booking Kenny and Cody and all them need to make this happen. If they don't, huge missed opportunity for the all elite wrestling brand. AEW, in my mind, of course, has that solid ability to treat shows that aren't their big four pay-per-views like a big fucking deal. Now, you can make the argument that NXT does the same thing, and you wouldn't be wrong. We know this. We've seen the evidence across the board for everybody. All right? They do the same thing. Of course, they've done Halloween Havocs. They've done Great American Bashes. They've done, you know... In, in, in your take over in your house, which was absolutely wonderful. Excuse me. But here's the difference. They're not doing it. I mean, with the exception of Takeover to Great American Bash, they haven't really done it like that. They've done well, I mean, you gotta think, because they did June in your in your takeover in your house, uh, Great American Bash, and then they had uh Takeover 30 in August. With the exception of that, though. It took a couple of months before we got to Halloween Havoc. We then had uh, TakeOver War Games. TakeOver 31, I guess. No, did we have take, yeah, TakeOver 31. War, uh, yeah, but War Games. We had TakeOver 31, and then we had War Games. So they kind of were playing around with it. But the thing is, though, AEW Revolution comes a month after Beach Break, which gives them more than enough time to be able to continue their main storylines while developing new feuds. Now, that would be a petty to some that would be a petty argument because NXT did it last year, but we're talking about right now. Talk about the here and now. They've consistently done this. Of course, think about Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen. All out. They've really been able to be consistent in their stuff. They've been able to have specials. They've been able to have, you know, of course they did New Year's Smash Nights one and two last uh earlier in the month. Actually, no, we're in February now. So last month, because it is February 1st, 2021. But I love that. Because, you, of course, they have so many storylines going on with this. They have so much going on. Of course, with the entire um, Adam Page storyline, with uh, him you know, not wanting to join the Dark Order, and then you have Matt Hardy coming out and pretty much saying... You know, I'm not here to join. I don't want to join you. You know, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to push you to do anything you don't want to do. And that's perfectly fine. Okay. But I've noticed you've been, you know, you know, dressing alone, the hallway near catering. You know, you're a good man. You deserve to be happy. You know, you see, he's been, I've been a bit concerned. You've been lost and conflicted. You know, we were part of the stadium stampede together. And I know, you know, I know that you got burned by the elite and you didn't deserve it. But I have a huge dressing room with plenty of space. You're more than welcome to to dress there. No strings attached. Think about it. So now we go from Hangman saying no to the Dark Order and Hangman and Hardy extending... His dressing room to hangman in order to be able to dress where he doesn't have to dress near catering. You know he's a lost he's a lost dude right now. You know with everything getting burned by the elite in 2020, not you know understanding that he still has a little bit of confliction with you know joining another you know stable so soon. But you have Hardy extending and sending a little bit of a friendly olive branch. It's like hey man, 
You know, you don't need to be dressing near catering. Okay, you don't need to be doing that. I got I got dressing room, plenty of space. You can dress there, so you don't feel alienated. All right, I'm not I'm not wanting I'm not asking you for anything. I'm just, I'm just being a good person. I just want, I'm just being a good friend to you. You know, we went to war together, and I don't want to see you. You know, feeling the way you feel. Now, will that lead to Matt Hardy possibly doing that? Perhaps, but at least in this very moment, you can see Hardy just being a a, a solid friend um, to Hangman. Also, seeing uh, Dolph Ziggler's brother Ryan Nemeth in action was actually pretty sweet. So, uh, congratulations to Ryan to uh, on his AEW debut. Uh, well done there, sir. You actually had a decent match. I actually enjoyed that. Another one of those um, storylines that they've been building on, especially for Revolution, was the Cody Rhodes and Shaq. No, this ain't Big Show and Floyd Mayweather many WrestleManias ago, to which this day I still think it's one of the worst WrestleMania matches I'd ever seen in my entire life. And for Big Show to actually take the L on that still pisses me off. That That's near not here, neither here nor there. But even with the Cody Rhodes deal with uh, Jade Cargill and Shaq, you know, after Shaq's comments, you know, he comes out saying, I like to say March 7th, AEW Revolution, it'd be myself and my wife, Brandy, versus Shaq and Jay, but life handed. Life happens. You know, we're having a baby. And in these moments where I am rather confused and distracted, I defer to my coach. And, of course, Arn shoot Cody out for taking Peter Avalon too lightly. And he's been right consistently for years. And... They talk with Tony about where Cody fits in the revolutionary card. They give the floor to Arn. He says, you know, I want to earn my money, so I might contradict myself, so please be patient with me. Fact is, you're about to be a dad. That's right on the forefront of your mind, as it should be. It's the most important thing in your life. Think about this. June 29th, 1985. What date is that to you? I saw Dusty Rhodes crawl in the ring with Tully Blanchard, fight 30 minutes, then fly home in time on a private jet, cross country to see the baby birth of you. Now, if you choose March 7th to jump in the revolution, do it with eyes wide open, no regrets. But I want to point out the obvious. There's a lot of time between the birthday and the show. Don't you want to be part of something? It's hard to capture the public eye, but you could do it with this match. For 19 years, Shaq dominated the court as a world-class athlete. Jade, every time she walks in, she dominates the room. The fact is, I've seen something these last two weeks. Something that can't be measured or even rational to name, but I want you to see something. Out comes Red Velvet, and, um, we love Red Velvet. Literally, I love Red Red Velvet, though. Cake, uh, cupcakes. Um, deliciousness, and, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I am just a man. I am merely just a man. She fine. Dang. Lord bless. But Velvet comes out with a, with a, with a promo. <laughs> Woo! You know, because she's had problems with Jade as well over the past month, couple months or so. And aren't showing Cody... You see that fire inside Velvet like I see it in you. Velvet gets the mic, stares down the camera, and says, I'm here because I'm fed up with being attacked. Watching Brandy get disrespected by a big mouth coward who knows Brandy can't defend herself. 
Everybody knows Cody would never lay a hand on a woman. But I will. I'm about to stir that bitch ass up. Balls in Shaxx and Jade's court now. We'll see what goes on with that. Also, with the whole um, deal with Death Triangle, the Elite, the Good Brothers, and John Moxley, there's a lot going on with that as well. So, you see... Of course, Moxley talking about, you know, the whole you know, the six-man tag that's going to be coming up. You know, Pac's coming out saying, you, you know, Mox, you know, Omega's taking liberties. Way too many liberties. Acting like Billy Big Bollocks, he says. Only like acting like you own the place and you own this business. You have the clown callus and the impact wrestling tag team champions. Well, manipulating some and blind sunning others. So a beach break, bring the good brothers. Because myself... And Ray Phoenix will show you what brotherhood is. You hit us, we hit you back. Time to face the consequences. Moxie just wants to get down with the get down. Pretty simple. Pretty much saying, you know, let me see if I got this right. You have the Young Bucks are the tag team champions and they're friends with Kenny. But Kenny's friends with the Goody Brothers and they're the tag team champions too. So now they're all friends. They're all one big happy family. How is that going to work? Is that going to work? No, it's not. The Elite is like the young and the restless. And then there's Death Triangle, Pac, and the Lucha Bros, who don't like any part of the Elite. They don't even like me, but they used to be friends with Kingston, who has beef with me. But now I got a team with them at Beach Break. Listen, I'm a simple guy. I like my beer cold, my coffee hot, my water at room temperature, and sex in the morning. Because it's a great way to start the day. To which I laughed my ass off and said, facts. Because that's how him and uh, Renee are about to have a baby. The only person you can trust is number one, and I only trust these two hands. And I love six-man tags, so saddle up, compadres. This will be fun. Gang warfare. My, I don't know what's going to happen at Beach Break, but it'll be wild. Incendiary ingredients on dynamite. Don't blink, or you'll miss it. They have so much going on. You know, it's easy to get kind of lost in the sauce, especially even with Sting and Darby Allen speaking. Um, and then... Uh, Team Taz going after, you know, getting rid of their merch and all this stuff. There's a lot to enjoy as we head into not only Beach Break, but into Revolution that's going to be going down next month. This has been a fantastic, and I've been saying the Road to Revolution, the first pay-per-view of the year for them, they've been really, really doing themselves a proper due diligence of ensuring that not only the the smaller storylines are being taken care of, but your main storylines are still in focus. And that's the difference. Now, it's not to say NXT can't do that because they do, but right now their main focus is the Dusty Classic with storylines wrapped around it and building towards a takeover. Whereas AEW has storylines still ongoing into beach break, but they're also going to be still focusing on main storylines heading into revolution. That's kind of the difference you got going on right now. And neither side is bad with that. But it's definitely something that I like to see in terms of the differences going on right now. 
And speaking of beach break, is it me? Or are we getting exactly what we want at AEW Revolution between the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers? There's a reason why we call it a loophole. That loophole is the Bucks being in the tag team battle royal. So, just in case you didn't know, and we'll be talking about this in uh, later on in today's episode. At Beach Break, um, we'll be discussing more, more in depth. But there is a tag team battle royal. Um, Top Flight, Private Party, Jurassic Express, FTR, The Acclaimed. That was the other team I was, I was uh, forgetting. Uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. All three duos in the inner circle. Uh, in the match for a shot at the titles at Revolution. But so are the Young Bucks. That means if Matt and Nick Jackson happen to win... They choose who they face at Revolution on March 7th. And the reason I say we have a bit of a loophole is what happened after the match. The matchup between uh, the BC Elite and the Dark Order, fan-fucking-tastic main event. I, I have been enjoying the Dark Order even more ever since, you know, the passing of Brody Lee a couple months ago. And I go, of course, rest in peace, John Huber. We still fucking miss you. But your son is handling business for you here on this earth. And he is holding it down for you. But after the matchup, Matt grabs the mic to say, next week at beach break, Whoever wins the Tag Team Battle Royal gets a shot at the titles at Revolution. But if you haven't heard, we're also in that match. That means if we win, we handpick whoever we want to face. And think about it. It could be anyone. Looking straight at the Good Brothers. All four men too sweet in that moment. Now, Ray Phoenix comes out. Springboard missile drop kick to the Bucks. They attack Phoenix, drag him up. Phoenix comes up, eats a magic killer. Moxie comes out, clobbering gallows. Phoenix takes flight, takes Anderson out on the outside, landing on his nutsack, which was not comfortable. Uh, Omega goes in after Moxley. He eats the paradigm shift. The elite standing tall, but Maniac and Phoenix taking those first shots. That's what ended. This week's episode of Dynamite. And this this definitely is... And this is one match I've been saying for the past couple of weeks that is really going to uh, be a possible dream match of mine. And it's on my wish list for 2021. Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks in 2021 will be an absolute dandy. An absolute... Banga, fire matchup. What a way to kick off the first pay-per-view of 2020 for AEW Dynamite if we had the Young Bucks versus the Good Brothers for the AEW World Tag Team Championships with Kenny Omega right in the middle. And I kind of have an idea of what could possibly happen if that were the case. So, how would Mr. YLP book it? How would Mr. YLP himself book this? Well, given the fact that I look at all the tag teams in the ma- that are going to be in this matchup, I could see Jericho MGF winning it, Santana Ortiz would win it, Hager, Sammy Hagar, 
winning it. Not as much as you think, though. They all have a shot, but I think in the end, I still think the Young Bucks are going to win this Battle Royal. And they challenge the Good Brothers for the AEW World Tag Team Championships at Revolution on March 7th. Then we get to Revolution. Good Brothers versus Young Bucks. In, in, all, four, in, in all their minds, friendly competition, at least to the Bucks. But Kenny screws the Bucks. Kenny screws the Bucks. And Kenny helps the Good Brothers become the AEW Tag Team Champions. I could see that happening at Revolution. Now, that's not to say another team could win it because wide open, huge wide open. It's just for some reason, my mind, my spotty sense is a tale in me that we're going to see Young Bucks Good Bros at Revolution. We'll be three months into the year and we're already getting what I would consider a match of the year candidate. Not a dark horse match of the year candidate. This would even further the storyline. Because then you would have Kenny as AEW World Champion. You would have Good Brothers, AEW Impact World Tag Champions. You then have the possibility of Omega defeating Rich Holby Swan and becoming the Impact World Champion. Going along with his AAA Mega Championship. I could see this happening, people. And for some reason, I don't know why this is in my brain, but that's kind of what I, the second I saw that promo, the second I saw them look at the good bros and put and say that it could be anyone. My mind started thinking revolution, young bucks, good brothers, titles on the line. Kenny screws the bucks. They hold double gold. Then Omega possibly becomes double champion himself running AEW and impact best bout machine with the good bros. Boy, you want to talk about storyline progression? You want to talk about the possibility of having content because the division is wide open, deep as it can be, and then that ele- that helps elevate Impact tag teams and AEW tag teams, and it also helps your main event scene with Kenny taking titles on both shows. The possibility is there, ladies and gentlemen. Just follow the bouncing ball with me, and it'll all make sense. In the end. So, when we come back, we're going to talk about what went down on NXT. Of course, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic is still ongoing. We're going to be discussing that. We're, of course, going to discuss the main event between Finn Balor and Kyle Riley taking on the NXT Tag Team Champions, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. And we're going to talk about the ladies. And I have a new top tier in the women's division. When we come back on the debut episode of last week, this week, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, welcome to the Wrestle Attic Radio Teespring Shop. I am Mr. Fretz from the Fretzelmania Podcast. How may I help you today? Would you like a mug, a t-shirt, a face mask, a blanket, a pillow, 
Well, you can get all of those things featuring everybody on Wrestle Attic Radio, including myself, the Fretzelmania Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Collection, with King Ricky, the K. Murphy, and Willie T. The YLP Collection with Zach, the Young Lions Perspective, and Good Brother Mance from the Delight Show Collection. All of these things can be available on the Wrestle Attic Radio Teespring Store, and Patreon members get 15% off. Thank you for shopping, and be safe. episode of last week this week and unfortunately NXT has to play second fiddle to AEW Dynamite this week which is not a bad thing hey it'd be like that sometimes but it was a lot closer than you think but there was a good amount to be talked about from NXT but of course as I said but the format's gonna be main three and I have three dandy points to talk to y'all about for this week's portion of the program. So let's take the time to see and go back seven days to the bland of the black and gold. And it's looking like yours truly has to revamp the top tier of the NXT women's division after what took place between Tony Storm, Mercedes Martinez, and the NXT women's champion. Io Shirai last week. Tony Storm came out, grabs the mic, calling out Io Shirai, saying, when I want something, I don't just wait my turn. I make it happen. When I wanted to be NXT UK Women's Champion, I took it from When I wanted to win the Mae Young Classic, I did. It was against you, Io. But I did it. Now, I wanted to be one of the first women to win the du- Women's Dusty Cup. But you took that from me. So now, I want to hurt you and ruin you. But more than anything else in this world, I want to take the NXT Women's Championship from you. Out comes Io Shirai. Tony egging her on a little bit. Io snatching the mic out of her hand. Telling her, I'll fight you anywhere. I already made it clear. Tony, I don't like you. That's when it's time. It's throwdown time. Tony tripping up Shirai, getting on top of her, started throwing lefts and rights. Tony getting uh, stone, uh, EO, my apologies, turns things around, starts throwing fists back on her. They scrap, get back up on their feet. Tony shoving EO Shirai. Tony hitting her, uh, Shirai hitting her with a drop kick. Tony floundering out of the ring, Shirai egging her on, but gets blindsided by Mercedes Martinez. Eats a two-handed choke slam. Mercedes grinning, picking up the NXT Women's Championship. Tony gets in, takes it from her. They start arguing over who gets it first. Then Shirai kicks them both out with a drop kick. 
well, drop kicks them both. Um, hits a Shote on Mercedes. And Mercedes sold, like, sold that like a freaking champ. Uh, Shirai uh, runs back in. Hits um, a Shikensin for Mercedes. Uh, Arai goes up top looking like she was about to hit the Aisai Moonsault. Tony trips her up. Tony dragging Mercedes out, ramming her into the apron. Hits three hip attacks on Shirai in the corner with that booty. Picking up the belt. And it looks like Homegirl wants a new shiny, shiny to add to her collection. We found out last week that it was made official. Io Shirai will be defending the NXT Women's Championship against Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez on Valentine's Day at NXT TakeOver with the NXT Women's Championship on the line. The biggest test for Io Shirai at this point in her title reign. And right now, like I said, I have to revamp the top tier because this right now is your top tier. Shirai Storm Martinez. Gonzalez is right there in the mid. Candice LeRae is there in the mid, but right now they're focusing on the Women's Dusty Classic. I was expecting it to be a possible Storm Martinez number one contenders match. Winner gets a crack at Shirai. But they're getting right to the chase. They're getting right down to it. And this triple threat is going to be a really good-ass match. So I could possibly see Maybe you possibly get a possible Tony versus Mercedes match in the lead up to take over a weekend. Something going on there, possible one on one with Shirai and Martinez, something along those lines. But I do expect Storm and Martinez to face off prior to this triple threat, somewhere between this coming Wednesday and next Wednesday. And we'll discuss what's what's going to be going down this week for NXT. But I really am happy with how the division is coming about. With your top feud being, of course, Shirai, Storm, and Martinez being the triumvirate we have going on right now. And then also with focus on the women's tag team division in NXT. This division, all of a sudden, is starting to get a little bit more complex, but I'm liking the complexity of the division as a whole. With this division being so balanced across the board from top to bottom, you know, with names now, with upcoming names like Jesse Kamea and Aaliyah again, you know, names like Gigi Dolan and Cora Jade, uh, Zoe Stark now being signed and brought into the fold. And you're having, of course, the teams of uh, Lorraine and Hartwell and Kai and Gonzalez, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. You know, Casey Canzaro and Caden uh, Carter. This division is now has now has a good amount of moving parts. And you can focus more on the division as a whole with those moving parts. Because now you have a top feud with your women. And now you can possibly have a top, uh, a future top feud 
with the ladies down in NXT in terms of the tag team division or ranks. I enjoy this complexity. I enjoy the layers. You know, I'm enjoying every last bit of this because with the Women's Dusty Classic, with a, with a extensive focus on the tag team division down in NXT, I've stated this. It's only a matter of time before we see an NXT women's tag team take the titles away from the main roster tag teams and becoming tag team champions in the women's division. And speaking of tag teams, there's times when I hate to be right. Y'all know this. But when it comes to reliving 2018 all over again, I relish in the fact that I am being proven right with how this year's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic has come about. On the women's side of things, my theory that I brought, I said to you guys a couple weeks ago on having one of these teams winning the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic on the women's side and becoming the first team from NXT to become the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions is right on schedule. But before we get into that portion of it, of the tag team side, let's talk about the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic on the men's side. We had MSK defeating Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. Yes, I said their names out loud. And I'm sure Mr. Fretz would be more than pleased to hear me actually bring their names up instead of calling them the tag team only Mr. Fretz cares about. But I have to say, I will actually be complimentary on this one. Maverick and Dane actually brought something to the party against MSK. They really did. And this was actually a really solid matchup to open up the festivities for the uh, tag team tournament on the men's side. And a lot of people, from what I'm seeing on Twitter as of late, a lot of people are saying they can see an MSK Grizzle Young Veterans final. That remains to be seen, of course. I mean, even with the Grizzle Young Veterans defeating Kushida and Leon Ruff, clean, by the way, this is shaping up to possibly be that, an MSK GYV final. I mean, on... Now, on the GYV side of the bracket, you know, them, you know, Kushida and Leon Ruff, that's not a slouch of a tag team. Let's get that one thing straight. Go ahead. Up. Good girl. And I think GYV has a a harder bracket to go through to get to the final. Because waiting in the wings... Of course, um, Undisputed Era and the team of Champa and Thatcher. We'll discuss that in a moment. But the reason I like MSK, and the reason a lot of people are saying they may make it to the final, is because of the fact that, you know, they're a new tag team. They're trying to build a division. They're trying to revamp, resurrect the division, and bring back those 2018 vibes like they have been. You got to have a, a, a proper babyface tag team that you can believe in. And that team could be MSK. That could be the team everybody starts to believe in. You know, they have the name or notoriety. 
outside of NXT. We know who they are, the Rascals, you know? Desmond Xavier, Zachary Wentz. Now as Nash Carter and Wesley, they are really showing that versatility. And they're really showing that they could be a force to be reckoned with in the NXT Tag Team Division. And especially with a team like Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch at the top of the, at the, top of the mountain, um, that could really bring some interesting waves into this. I mean, again, MSK is a team to be reckoned with. But I, I got to give some credit to Dane and Maverick for putting on a solid matchup. You know, I do love the, you know, the double team. I do like the double team action between Maverick and Dane early on. I love the fact that, you know, excuse me, uh, Lee and Carter really had to deal with the dynamic of a powerhouse like Dane with a cruiserweight in Maverick. That, you know, interesting power speed dynamic, which I which I always have loved in tag teams. They've really, they really had to overcome that. You know, I'm appreciative of their efforts. I'm appreciative of Dane and Maverick's efforts. Um, yes, I'm being very complimentary right now because it deserves, when, you know, I praise, you know, when it's proper, I praise it. When it's shit, you know. But they've really put on a matchup to open the festivities um, for this week's episode of, N- last week's episode of NXT. They really did a solid job. Um, and not making Dane and Maverick look like, you know, they were less than MSK. MSK did find a way to win in the end, though. Hitting that blockbuster heart attack. I mean, the pushing moonsault still dope. Not as clean as last week's or their last matchup. And uh, you had Maverick keeping on, getting on Lee. Um, Lee slipping up, hit the uppercut. Uh, really focusing on trying to get Dane away from the ring. That was that was a really good storytelling thing right there, keeping Dane away from the ring as much as possible. They did get uh, have find the ability to keep Dane on the outside at the end. After uh, Carter hit a drop kick on uh, to Dane, tags in Lee, focusing on Maverick. Go for the pushing moonsault. Dane breaks it up with a count of two, but they still were able to keep Dane on the outside long enough. After Carter hit a moonsault onto Dane on uh, onto Dane on the ramp, and. Uh, they had enough. They had enough wherewithal to keep Maverick isolated and getting that victory. And now they face the winner of, of course, uh, Lucha House Party and Legado del Fantasma next week. In a, uh, should I say semifinals in a couple of weeks? So this this team MSK is going to be one we're going to be looking at now more so under a microscope now that they're in the semis. And. Whoever comes out of that matchup, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Whoever comes out of the uh, Ucha House Party Legado del Fantasma matchup, it's going to be a very interesting matchup to see. And we'll see how MSK deals with the winner of that when we get to that point. But the Grizzly Young Veterans and uh, Leon Ruff and Kushida, I love this too. And it was it was kind of clear that um, GYV and um, Kushida and Ruff were going to have a solid matchup. And Kushida and Ruff put on a solid effort to try to get the victory here. Um, but with GYV, you slip once, they're going to catch you. And they catch you quick. You know, after what was the turning point towards the end of the matchup was um, after Ruff got the hot tag, he hit a missile drop kick on Gibson, dives on the Drake, who hit the announce decks on the outside. Ruff getting back in, runs up, flies on the Gibson, 
He's fired up. Puts Gibson back in on the inside. Kushida coaching rough to go up top. He runs, uh, does a nice little twisting move uh, with the rebound, hitting a lariat, which, which Tyler Bate would be easily proud of. Um, rough then goes back up top, tries to go for the swanton, misses due to the fact that Drake was had the wherewithal to see that Gibson was about to get hit with the swanton. Saves Gibson, gets the tag, drop kicks uh, Kushida, uh, and then they were able to hit the ticket to Mayhem and get the victory. But this was this was definitely one of those matches on uh, NXT where I think has so much replay value because this was a solid way for Kushida and Leon Ruff to get in a solid match and continue the storyline between uh, Gargano and Kushida. And after the matchup happened, Gargano and Theory, of course, come out on the attack. Gargano stopping Kushida, Theory going after Ruff, Kushida trying to throw hate makers. Gargano eats, uh, hits uh, Kushida with a super kick. Ruff gets up. Theory decks him one time, goes on the out, uh, decks him again, and is pretty much holding Ruff to have him watch as Kushida has to eat one final beat from Gargano. Holding the NXT champion, North American championship in Kushida's face. But on the outside, behind the barricade, Dexter Loomis appears. Theory freaks out, runs into the ring, warning Gargano. But Gargano calming Theory down and showing him, we got nothing to fear about this guy. We got nothing to fear about Loomis. So not only are they setting up a matchup between Kushida and Gargano, you are now throwing Loomis into the mix. We discussed this a couple weeks ago. I'm not saying Loomis is going to be the next North American champion, but they've already set up the feud between Loomis and the Wet, it's definitely they're definitely doing themselves a proper service um, with you know continuing the storyline with Loomis, Theory, and Gargano, while at the same time maintaining the feud between Kushida and Gargano. Gargano saying Kushida's never going to get a shot at the championship. I don't want to doesn't even want to hear his name being brought up after the fact that he did lose to the man twice and get pinned by that same man twice. But now he's but now. Even if he gets past Kushida, he better keep his eyes in the back of his head because Loomis is there waiting for him. And I'm sure Loomis wants a little bit of payback for what happened to him just a few weeks ago. On the ladies' side of the bracket, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez are just... They are. They, they, I say they have the easiest path to the final. I mean, they have a. They'll have a solid matchup against, um, Kaden Carter and Casey Canzaro, who they had faced prior before. So it's a rematch um, between these two, but it means a little bit more because this now is a. It's a ticket to the finals is on the line when they next meet. I see uh, Gonzalez and Kai going to the finals, of course. But this this is just one of those feuds where, well, not a feud, I should say, but I can really see Gonzalez and Kai really handling business. And I said this a while back, before we even started this whole tournament, Kai and Gonzalez, in my mind, should be the favorites. And they could easily win the whole thing. They are, a, I've been saying this for a while now, they should be holding tag team championship gold. I've been saying this for a long time. 
Kai and Gonzalez have the ability to be women's tag team champions. And being the first team from NXT to hold those championships, I have been an advocate of wanting to see NXT be involved in the women's tag team division. Because on the main roster, they ain't doing shit in terms of the tag team division over there. Yeah, you got some teams, but you're not doing much with developing an actual an actual division that speaks of proper contenders for the uh, women's tag team championships. And I even said this even further back when Asuka and Charlotte became tag team champions uh, at TLC. Uh, with, uh, at TLC, all this what all this is is leading to a match between Asuka and Charlotte at WrestleMania anyway for the Raw Women's Championship. <laughs> Boring. So why not? Now, am I saying Kai and Gonzalez are going to win the whole thing? The possibility is there. But of course, whoever comes out of the uh, semifinal between um, with Blackheart and Moon versus Shafir and Stark taking on the winner of Larray and Hartwell, that will be a solid semifinal matchup. And it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of that um, in that. Now, I could see Blackheart and Moon making it to the finals. I could see Hartwell and Lorraine making it to the finals. That would be a big uh, plus for Hartwell, uh, as it be, of course, being a part of the way stable. But it would also be a good, uh, a somewhat of a bit of a revenge for Blackheart and Moon knocking them out of the tournament and having that babyface versus heel final with Moon and Blackheart taking on Kai and Gonzalez. So there's many possibilities, but whoever wins this tournament. I want to see them win the Women's Tag Team Championship. Because I don't need to see those belts in Asuka and Charlotte. It's only there as a placeholder for a rivalry to form between Asuka and Charlotte. That's it. That is all this is there for. And given the fact that we have Fastlane Pay-Per-View coming up, um, I believe in March, since we're going to have uh, WrestleMania on April 10th and 11th, I would honestly want to see... Kai and Gonzalez come up to the main roster at Fastlane and be able to win those tag team championships on a main roster pay-per-view. That's exactly what I want to see. I would love to see whoever wins the women's tag team tournament, whether it be Kai and Gonzalez, uh, Cananzaro and Carter, um, the winner of Blackheart and Moon versus Stark and Shafir, and Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, coming out of this and walking out back into NXT holding the Women's Tag Team Championship, giving notoriety to what the women's division is all about in NXT and showing that they have some proper depth in the Women's Tag Team division on NXT. That's just me, at least. But we'll see what comes out of that. Now, at least for one night, Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly could definitely trust each other against the NXT Tag Team Champions, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. What they didn't see coming was the trap was set on both men and Balor received a taste of what's to come for the NXT champion. This was a wonderful main event. A wonderful main event. I loved this main event. This had all the makings of a solid main event anyway. And this was just Oh, this was just a that you know a fun matchup between all of them. I mean, they really surprised me with this main event. And like I said, this was a close matchup between AEW and NXT. 
And this definitely this definitely made the case for the possibility of them taking the week. And surprisingly, you know, Balor and O'Reilly got the victory with a knee bar to uh, on Birch by O'Reilly. That was impressive. The fact that, you know, Balor and O'Reilly, uh, and O'Reilly got the victory off a of submission. That was just a very surprising thing to me. This was just one of those matchups where, like, you know, of course, Pete Dunne wasn't even there during the entire matchup. So it allowed all four men to even I mean, really get, you know, get their back and forth. And this, I mean, this also definitely has replay value. You know, if you haven't watched the uh, last week's episode of NXT yet, um, if you're, I would watch mainly solely for this main event. This matchup was fire. Straight up fire. And you knew it was going to be fire. You know, because on, on one hand, you have Balor trying to take out, excuse me, Oni Birch and Dunn for what they've been doing to him over the past couple of weeks. O'Reilly, same situation. And the Undisputed Era still having beef with Lorcan, Birch, and Dunn. And you have all the combustible elements you need. It's just, it's it's a fantastic thing to see when you have multiple storylines wrapped up in one match. It's impressive. And then when you have main events like that, It's really one of those things where you're just like, man, that was that was fantastic. You know, I can't I could I can't even be mad about it. I can't be mad about this match. This match has all the replay value you could ever want. It was hard hitting. Against four with four guys who who can beat the living hell out of each other, ask for seconds and thirds, and still think they have room as they unbutton their pants and ask for another plate. Whew. I I encourage you if you have not watched NXT yet from last week, watch this match. Watch the whole episode, honestly, because this was just a lot of good stuff that came out of it, um, which will be discussed in the next segment. But, man, for my money, this was a fun-filled you know, main event. But after the matchup, out comes Pete Dunne. And with the distraction, Oni comes, uh, takes Kyle out, drags Kyle to the outside, rams him into the boards on the outside. Dunne and Balor start brawling. Oni gets in going after Balor. Kyle gets back in and it becomes a three-on-two. Oni and Birch grab Balor. Dunn boots him down. They stop away on Balor. They drag him back up, and it looks like Dunn was going to break the fingers of Balor. Strong and Cole come out to the ramp, but before they could get there, Dunn simply shrugs his shoulders, snaps them jaws. Out come UE. They run him off, but the damage has been done. But what really, really, really was a great moment to take away from last week's episode of NXT is that you you saw the Undisputed Era and Balor stand together against Dunn, 
Lorkin, and Birch. I mean, we had war games a couple of months ago, and that didn't end it. What would it, what will it take for it to all end? That remains to be seen. Especially since the Undisputed Era trying to get back into uh, the championship race by winning the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. They're going to have a lot to do with that, so I don't know how that's going to work with them in their next matchup. We'll discuss that in the next segment. But now you have Bear, Balor and the Era standing together as a united front against Dunn, Lorkin, and Birch. Hopefully, now, my hope would have been that Rich Holland would actually be there, but he's still injured and he's still out with injury. So it's going to be a while before he um, gets back into the fold. But if this were the case, I would have had at least Holland involved with this. So we'll see what happens with Holland over the next couple of months as he comes back and gets better. And um, we'll see what happens with the four-on-three deal. If there's going to be a fourth, we'll see what happens. But, man, this storyline has so much legs. And it's only a matter of time before we do get Dunn versus Balor. I still see that being the main event at NXT TakeOver on Valentine's Day. That has to happen. And that really needs to be seen because that's, that's just a match of the night candidate written all over it. There's just so many possibilities coming out of this. We'll see what happens with all of that as we go into the upcoming couple of weeks heading towards NXT TakeOver. So that's going to conclude the last week's side of things. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about what's going to be going down this week. I'm going to break down what's going to be going down for Beach Break and what's going down for NXT this week. You're still listening to the debut episode of last week, this week. We'll be right back. What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio and your host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And if you have just $5 a month, that's right, $5 a month or about 17 cents a day, you can join our Patreon group where you will get exclusive access to shows that you will not get anywhere else including wrestle wars watch the throne the secret files and the pay-per-view show just to name a few of course we also have fretz's favorite five and a bunch of other bonus content as well as 15 percent off 15 percent off of any of the merchandise we sell in our teespring merchandise store so head over to patreon.com backslash wrestle addict radio all one word for your chance to be a part of an amazing wrestling community. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, last segment of the show, we're going to be talking about what will be going down this week. And... We got a good amount of stuff to talk about for uh, this week's episodes of Dynamite and NXT. Now, given the fact that Dynamite took this week's win, we will discuss what will be going down for AEW Beach Break. Now, I'm over on ProWrestling.net, and they have the following matches advertised for this Wednesday's edition of the Dynamite. We have, of course, John Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix 
taking on Kenny Omega, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson in the main event of Beach Break Six-Man Tag Team Action. I'm excited for this matchup. I cannot wait. Now, we all know it was supposed to be John Moxley and the Lucha Bros taking on Kenny Omega and Gallows and Anderson. Unfortunately for Penta, Gallows and Anderson attacked Penta a little while back, and unfortunately, he was not medically cleared to compete in this matchup. So who takes his place? None other than Pac. And honestly, I have to get some of coffee real quick. I think they're setting a lot of things up for Kenny Omega's possible next contender for the AEW World Championship. And it could be, I think it might be Pac. If Moxley can't get back the AEW World Championship, I think Pac will be maybe next in line to take that chance to go after Kenny. And with the way I talked about it in the uh, opening segment of the show, things could be setting up for a death triangle Omega Good Brothers feud going into double or nothing in a few months. I could actually see that. And, and you kind of see it forming. Um, this is why I appreciate AEW's um, intertwining storylines that allows them to not only have a lot of feuds within, you know, within like, se- like six or seven people, but they are com- are very compelling and really set can set up a lot of future feuds going down the line which is a fantastic thing that I like seeing from AEW. So I'm not sure. I'm not going to give any predictions uh, in terms of who will win or anything like that, but I sure this is going to be a very fun main event to watch and something to really see here. One to keep an eye on. Uh, when we talk about it uh, next Monday. We also have Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker finally going one on one. Now, Britt Baker defeated Shanna in last week's episode of Dynamite. And after the matchup, of course, uh, Britt Baker uh, reapplied the lockjaw on Shanna. Out came Thunder Rosa and uh, scurried them away. Now, Britt Baker will have nowhere to hide um, this coming Wednesday on Dynamite on uh, at Beach Break. It's, it's nut up or shut up time for Britt Baker. And this matchup could be a really a really solid highlight for both of these ladies, especially also with the announcement of the um, the women's uh, world title eliminator tournament that we found out. Um, Serena Deeb and the returning Rio are going to be facing off in one of the matches on the American side of things, which is quite a surprise with Rio, of course, being from Japan, but she was an AEW original member of the division. So having her on the American side kind of makes sense. So we have at least want that match to look forward to, which will be a very, very interesting matchup to have. But of course, the last few weeks of, you know, 
back and forth between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Britt Baker, of course, um, attacking her in every possible chance she could get. And Thunder Rosa, you know, getting her uh, face paint smeared, uh, water dumped on her, all that stuff. I expect Thunder Rosa to come out and try to get that revenge. So don't be surprised if Thunder Rosa possibly can get the victory here. Um, it would make sense if Rosa got the victory here, given the fact that, you know, all all of the uh, all the shit that's been, that she's been dealing with, with Baker and Reba, or Rebel, my bad, you know, they have the ability to be able, you know, she has the ability to get that victory. We'll see what happens on Wednesday, and we will go from there. Of course, we also have the Tag Team Battle Royal. Uh, winner getting a shot at the AEW World Tag Team Championship at AEW Revolution in March. You already know my thoughts on that, as I discussed in the opening segment of the show, but I think this is going to be a very interesting one. I think they're going to be doing, uh, both members have to be eliminated in order for a team to be a fully eliminated. Um, of course, the loophole big time with the Young Bucks, uh, of course, if they win this battle royal, they get to handpick who they want to face at AEW Revolution for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. We already know that. That's the loophole that I talked about earlier on this episode. And, again, of course, like I said, I get my thoughts on that. I kind of gave you my possible fantasy booking of what I would personally like to see. If it comes to fruition, you know who said it first. But there's a lot of teams in here. Of course, all all six, uh, all three tag teams for the Inner Circle, the Acclaimed, um, Varsity Blondes, FTR. Um, I'm assuming um, Jurassic, yeah, Jurassic Express will be in there. So this will be a, a very fun way to get a lot of tag teams in here. And, of course, I think they did the same thing with this last year. Um, uh, if I'm, I think they did this last year at some point uh, with, with the winners getting a shot at the AEW World Tag Team Championships. So it's nice for them to bring that back as well. If there was a, one other team besides the Young Bucks, I think could easily win this. I would say Jericho and MJF would probably have the chance to win it. And here's one bold prediction I'm going to make for this matchup as well. Expect MJF to eliminate Sammy Guevara. I can see that happening. I think that for storyline purposes, that would easily make sense. Whether it whether MJF gets eliminated and then uh, gets Guevara eliminated or he eliminates Guevara outright. And, of course, MJF will give the excuse of every man for himself. And it's a battle royal. We got to do what we got to do. Possibly Guevara and MJF getting into it on the outside. I can see that happening. But I can see MJF eliminating Sammy Guevara at some point in this matchup, furthering the whole thing between MJF and Sammy Guevara. That's one bold prediction I will give for this matchup. And then, of course, the wedding of Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Now, if you think this is actual just storyline things, I believe it is not. Um, if you check Instagram, of course, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford are actually engaged to be married. Now, I don't know if this is going to be the, the legitimate wedding um, for these two. And if they're doing it on national TV, that's a hell of a flex. But that's going to be an interesting thing to see. Um, of course, this will be the final night that uh, Chucky e. T, or Charles Taylor, uh, as we will have been knowing for the last couple of weeks. This is his last night as the butler for Mira. So, if you've seen one wedding on any wrestling program that has some sort of shenanigans involved, I expect nothing less but extra type of shenanigans 
for this one at the hands of Chucky e. T and Orange Cassidy. Like I said, this is the last night after Beach Break. He is no longer, his services are no longer needed. So expect a little bit of shenanigans between Chucky e. T and um, Orange Cassidy during the wedding of Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Now let's flip over to NXT. We uh, have the following matches for these matches. Uh, the following matches are advertised for this Wednesday. Now we have Santos Escobar taking on Kurt Stallion for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Now what happened last week is that Stallion and Escobar were scheduled to face each other. Unfortunately, um, before the title match was supposed to happen, Kurt Stallion was found backstage uh, beat down. And they were asking him, who did this? Who was it? And he immediately said, Legato. So we have a backstage interview with Legato del Fantasma. And Mackenzie told them it was uh, decided over the commercial that Stallion was no, in no way to compete. He was not medically cleared. And that the Cruiserweight Championship match was ca- uh, canceled. Santos Escobar saying that's really, really unfortunate. I was going to teach that little punk a lesson. Regal Barch and I, I love seeing pissed off William Regal. Well, anytime before war games, he's a pissed off motherfucker. Um, but yeah, when you see pissed off Regal, you know shit's about to go down in the DMs. Regal barged in and he was like, I know you did this. Escobar says, that's not true. We've been in here all night. You know, Wilder Mendoza confirm, trying to confirm the alibi. Regal says, that's not good enough. Next week, this coming Wednesday, you will defend your title against Kurt Stallion. And if Stallion mysteriously gets attacked again, all three of you will face serious consequences. Regal walks out. They laugh their ass off. Escobar grabs his bag as they head out for the night. And they see the Hierophant tarot card. That Scarlet Bordeaux dealt earlier in the evening. Now, of course, they got spooked for a hot minute before they realized, you know, the end is near. Happy hour closes at 10, and they head out for the night, but Scarlet earlier in the night had a little something-something with her tarot reading. Now, let me find that for just a second. I know I got it. I know it was happening like in the middle of the show. Yep. So she pulls the card of the fool. Foolishness tempts the course of fate. She then pulls the Harrowfent card, the one that we saw with the God of Death and Asthma. Pass on his wisdom. Elevate his followers. Such conviction leads to obliteration. Stay on your journey or he will alter his fall and pray. Karrion Cross didn't forget the words that Mr. Escobar said about him in that promo a couple weeks ago. And it looks as if Karrion Cross's sights are set on Legato del Fantasma. We shall see what happens with that next week. Also, we have the uh, quarterfinal matches on the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. 
Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher taking on it. Quarterfinal matchup. And this is going to be one of those crazy ones. As Briz, as Briz Rothstein would say, there's a lot of matches on this card, but this might be your favorite one. Now, with what Mitchell said, well, not Mitchell, I should say, but the promo that uh, Thatcher and Champa cut, this was a very solid promo by these two. I was very, very happy and impressed with these two. With what they said. Let me see if I can find it real quick. So Champa speaks, saying, I've been doing this thing for 16 years now. There are the fights you win, the fights you lose, but then there's the fights you remember. You see Thatcher pull up a seat next to Champa. And then there's the fights that command respect. Thatcher then states, the fight pit changes a man both physically, mentally, and even changes his vision going forward. Out of anguish and struggle, respect grows. That's why I accepted the offer. The Dusty Cup represents opportunity. Next week, against the Undisputed Era, it's going to be a war. And a war it shall be. Of course, uh, Undisputed State, you know, they're both tough guys. Undisputed Era no, have been de- had dealt with Champa before on many occasions, but in the end, they believe they will still go on to the semifinals of the tournament. We then, of course, have Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik taking on Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild in a quarterfinal matchup in the uh, Dusty Rose Classic tournament. This is going to be a good one, and if I had to make a prediction, I expect. Mendoza and Wild to lose. It's going to be interesting why I say that. Because Carrying Cross might get involved. And it's an interesting way of having Cross have something to do before he gets his sights set back on the NXT Championship. Possibility is there for them to lose. But I want to see an MSK Legato do Fantasma semifinal. Absolutely. I think that would be a solid matchup. Of course, babyface versus heel, but possibly that might not be the case. Possibly Karrion Cross gets involved. You already have the Herofant card, and you have all three members of Legato do Fantasma in action this coming Wednesday. So could this be a possibility of Cross feuding with Legato del Fantasma for the time being until we get to the winner of Balor versus Dunn for the NXT Championship and Carrion? We'll see how that goes. I expect possibly this happening beginning on Wednesday with Dorada and Metalik possibly moving on to the semifinals. Could it happen? Probably not. But that possibility is there. Or it may be Legato Fantasma win and Cross then sends the message after. Possibility is there, but I see Karrion Cross at least going gunning for Legato Fantasma in the coming weeks. 
And we'll see how all of that goes. And then the semifinal matchup in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic for the ladies. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on Casey Cananzaro and Caden Carter. I like this matchup. Again, this is a re- this is going to be a rematch. They faced each other before. Uh, Kai uh, having a little beef with Cananzaro and Carter at one point. Gonzalez, the same thing with Cananzaro and Carter. This is shaping up to be a solid matchup. And from what we saw in their last matchup um, with Cananzaro and Carter, taking on the team of Storm and Martinez, uh, with Cananzaro having that reverse Phoenix splash in her back pocket, the possibility is there for the upset. Will it happen? Nah, I don't see it. I think Kai and Gonzalez are the absolute favorites in this tournament, and I can see them making it to the finals of the uh, women's Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. I think it makes sense. You know, they've been definitely handling their business throughout. They handled the business throughout 2020. Uh, Gonzalez made a name for herself. Dakota Kyle made a name, a big name for herself. They had a solid performances in the War Games matchup. And Gonzalez is going to be one to watch in 2021 this year. Easily. I said after the War Games matchup, Kai, uh, not Kai, Gonzalez is going to be the one to look out for in 2021. Now, I did say she would be gunning for the NXT Women's Championship, but right now, um, the possibility of her becoming a WWE Women's Champion, Women's Tag Team Champion, might be in hers and Dakota's sights. We'll see how all of that goes. But both the both nights, uh, both shows have great cards, and they have the uh, possibility to definitely really fight for Mister Wild P himself's affection. Who comes out of this? Who comes goes into next Monday? Taking the win? You have to stay tuned and find out. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude the debut episode of The Revamped last week. This week, when we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion, as we always do, and get you ready for episode 295 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude the debut episode of the revamped last week. This week, of course, AEW gets the victory. This week, can NXT come back and hit another haymaker, knocking down AEW Dynamite and tie up the series one to one? You'll have to stick around and find out next Monday. We'll figure out there. We'll see what Mr. Wild Pete himself has to say about that. Of course, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, if you thought NXT actually won the week and you want to tell Mr. YLP himself, you're out of your damn mind, NXT won the week. Or if you agree with Mr. YLP himself and you want to say, yes, AEW, you got it right. AEW Dynamite won this week. Hit us up with an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. Sound off, let your voice be heard. You can leave a voice message over on anchor.fm slash young lions perspective, over on anchor.fm slash wrestle addict radio. Leave a comment of what you thought over on ambiguous podcast solutions.com and let the debate begin. 
If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on on my social media, you can find me over on Twitter at YL Perspective. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays, SmackDown Live on Fridays, every AEW live pay-per-view that I will be doing for AEW Revolution on March 7th, every WWE live pay-per-view, like I did last night with the Royal Rumble, every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, and I'll be doing that for NXT TakeOver on Valentine's Day, and of course, when it's 3.30 in the morning, I have nothing else better to do because I can't seem to go back to sleep after I go back to the bathroom during the weekend. I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. Of course, you can also find this podcast across several different platforms, including Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, Player SFM, Podbean, Overcast, Castbox FM, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Stitcher Radio, and don't you forget about that Spotify. All right? Just let it be known, this is the format we're going to be going down with from here on out. And this battle is going to be heating up. Okay? So, there, there could be a winning streak for AEW. There could be a winning streak for NXT. Who knows? You guys stick around and find out. I hope you guys enjoyed this debut episode of last week, this week. And we'll see you guys back here next Monday for episode two, February 8th, 2021. So, with news of the week, the brand speaking new version of that came from news of the weekend. We're going to be breaking out all of the news of this past week. This coming Friday, February 5th, 2021. All the news that's fit for yours truly to talk about. And we're going to have a fun time with that, discussing all the news that went down during the week. And uh, I can't wait to see what we get to talk about because I'm sure there will be a lot of news coming out of the Royal Rumble. I'm sure there will be a lot of news coming out of Beach Break for AEW. Um, All the news from NXT, uh, New Japan, all that stuff. I'm really excited. I can't wait to, you know, see what we're going to be talking about because... It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. And I hope you guys stick around for the ride. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your Monday. Of course, we begin the world of WrestleMania tonight with the post-Royal Rumble episode of Monday Night Raw. And as I always say, my condolences to your sanity as always. For those of you who will be watching Raw, enjoy the rest of your week. And I'll see you guys right back here this Friday for episode 295 of the YLP. P podcast. See you. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.